You're listening to Food Through the Lens with Caroline Kenyon on Food FM. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com. Hello, I'm Caroline Kenyon, founder director of Pink Lady Food Photographer of the Year. We're actually celebrating our 10th anniversary year and it's been an absolute bumper crop of entries. We've had almost 10,500 entries from nearly 80 countries around the world. And creating a shortlist from these images is a task and a half, but it's an absolutely wonderful task. I adore it. I've done it every year since the beginning. And I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Leanne Bracey, one of our honoured advisory board members who's assisted in the shortlisting. Leanne, good morning. Do you want to tell us who you are? Yes. Hi, Caroline. Thank you for um, inviting me onto this podcast. So I am um, a picture editor, the food picture editor at the Sunday Times magazine. I've been with the Sunday Times for almost two and a half years and I work primarily just on the food photography and the food side of things. Um, It's a real honour to work for the magazine. We work with some wonderful photographers and uh, we try to evolve our style um, as we keep going and always try and push the boundaries a little bit. So to be involved in the Pink Lady Awards for the second year running has been really interesting, um, especially during this pandemic (laughs) when we've had to do things a little bit differently. But it's been a very interesting process and uh, I very much look forward to it. Oh, that's really lovely, Leanne. Well, we love having you as part of it. And uh, your knowledge, your experience, uh, your eyes, um, your opinions are hugely valued. So it... I think I'm right in saying it gets harder each year. I actually think you've done three years with us. Um, Have I? Oh, it feels like two. Oh, maybe. (laughs) Well, time flies. Time does um, fly. And and sometimes there's a bit of argy-bargy. So, but just from your perspective, um, you're commissioning food photography all the time. Tell me about how fashion plays its part in food photography and and what we look for when we're shortlisting. Yeah, sure. Um, Well, I mean, there's lots of different ways you can approach food photography but what we are starting to see or what we have done certainly over the last year and a half maybe two years is a real change in direction to how people are commissioning food photography but also um, the way that photographers approaching it as well so you could say that in the past uh, if you look back to the kind of Delia Smith days where everything was quite soft focus um, we uh, you know the images were quite um, standard if you like Um, maybe lighting was just very basic and food styling wasn't kind of given too much thought but fast forward to 2020 2021 and uh, the way photography has has moved on in terms of food has is just um, you know it's quite amazing to see so we've gone from that kind of what we call lifestyle approach which is um, soft focus um, you know you maybe have a room set it might look a bit homely and there is definitely a place for that still a lot of the major food magazines continue to use that style but uh, certainly we've noticed the trend a lot with um in particular with uh with the uh, sunday supplements the saturday supplements is we're all kind of seeming to embrace this sort of more still life approach to food photography and that in itself presents a whole different way of looking at 
how we um, commission and how we show a plate of food to the best. Um, certainly with the Sunday Times, what we always like to do is really consider colour. Uh, we like to keep things clean and simple um, and we like to try and push the boundaries a bit so we like to push our photographers we like to push our food stylists and our prop stylists because at the end of the day you know you can't create a fantastic image without all of those people in place it's very very important so what we are starting to see is a change in um, perspective so you've gone from the traditional maybe um a burger shop for example and where you would normally photograph it side on and now what we're seeing is photographers really bringing in kind of shadow um, harsh lighting maybe coming up, up at it from a different angle and presenting the table in a different perspective we've got a lot more still life elements coming in um, and this is also reflected in the kind of food styling that we're seeing now. So um, I hope that kind of gives you a very quick overview in um, what we are seeing and how we are working. I, th I think that's so fascinating, um, Leanne, and people don't realise how much fashion can play its part in food photography, as in, in every other area, like, you know, interiors and clothes and goodness knows what else. Sure. I wonder what it says about society that there has been that shift. Um, that's something that's quite interesting to ponder. Yeah. I mean, just on a slightly more sort of frivolous uh, note, I have to say that there was a period uh, in the over the last 10 years where if I had a pound for every time I saw pomegranate seeds <laughs> scattered on a dish in a photograph that had been entered, you know, I would be a very rich woman. Um, <laughs> and there are certain ingredients that become very, uh, very fashionable. Also, there was um, there were about two years when all we saw was weathered blue painted boards as the backdrop yes. and thought, gosh, aren't there any other colours in the palette? <laughs> it's really yes. bizarre. You know, yes. but you can see how things catch on and, and also people they want to catch the eye of people like you who are commissioning. So they're you know they're trying to sort of please the the uh, commissioning editor and so that they might um you know they might get that much yeah. wished for a uh, phone call for a gig. But you referenced um food stylists and mm -hmm. um this is something that has been very much sort of part of our consciousness um, over the last 10 years. We feel like we, you know, we celebrated the photographers from 2012 onwards, but we did get quite a few approaches from food stylists saying, you know, we feel like we're really not being recognised. We are the unsung heroes or heroines of the food photography world. Mm. And it wasn't until I, I was on a panel about food photography. Um, it was one Sunday morning um, in a sort of old warehouse on Brick Lane and uh, all sorts of people from the food photography world, including uh, a food stylist called Sal Henley. And she mm, and I were talking Sal, afterwards yeah. and she suggested that we had a specialist award. And I thought, do you know what? Yes, yeah. I think now is the time. So we launched it. Uh, a couple of years ago and it's been hugely popular I mean definitely pent-up demand there so I'd yeah. love to know your thoughts on food styling um Leanne because yes. people have no idea how intricate and how skilled I know how integral I know. The success of the shot I I would I would actually um go out on a limb here and say the food stylist for me is the first person I book in um because that is so it's so important to the overall feel of the picture and, and Sal, um, I know Sal, she's a lovely lady and and I'm so pleased that she um, that she pushed this um, pushed this to happen because 
it is really important and the food stylist can really make or break a photograph and in fact I find that when I'm looking at um, images um, whether it be for the pink lady or it be something else I look at the food styling first because if you don't have that right it can just make a picture fall really flat it can just it can either make something successful or really unsuccessful. And to have that person really have the knowledge of what creates a great image um, is, is really integral. So a lot of the food stylists I work with, um, we have a lot of to and a throwing conversation beforehand. Ideally, it's not always possible, um, but we just like to make sure that we know what's going to be happening on the plate so that we don't have any kind of nasty surprises or things that we've not considered or thought about. So there is a lot of work that goes into it. Also, food stylists are kind of having to think a lot more creatively now. So I picked out um, a couple of examples from the food stylist shortlist, one of which um, is by Olympia Davis uh, called Ice Cream. Um, it's a really amazing example of the skill of a food stylist. Um, so the image she's I think she she kind of entered three images because they kind of work as a series. And it shows an artist's palette on the deck and um, there's kind of paint brushes and sprinkles. It's all a bit of a mess, um, but she has kind of balled up um, ice cream, lots of different colours of ice cream and sorbet and kind of put it on the artist's palette as if it's an artist's palette. It's been beautifully lit. Um, but to me, this kind of shows skill in able in being able to kind of balance colour, balance shape, um, get that kind of shape. It's very difficult to keep ice cream looking fantastic as well. But obviously, as you go throughout the shots, um, the ice cream kind of melts. And it's really, um, really kind of very, um, very skillful to be able to do this. And it's also showing us how still life um photography so the still life approach that you might have from a jewelry photographer or a handbag somebody who does accessories for vogue that kind of thing might then approach a food shop so it's more than about food it becomes more about a concept and um, how you can embrace concepts within food photography another example um, is something uh, oh, so it's a piece by um, amanda Anselmino from the from the food stylist award as well it's called the fabric of food and spam and it kind of depicts a spam can open with squares of spam um, interspersed with squares of pineapple on a kind of like um, red and checkered yellow background and that is a really good example of um of food in still life and and how it's just really evolving so there's a lot of skill in able being able to create an image like that from a food stylist point of view too it doesn't look like it but you can imagine the amount of squares that that food stylist would have had to have cut to kind of give those perfect shapes that perfectly echo the checkered um, fabric on there as well. So food stylists really, really need to be um, need, need to be seen as heroes more. They they bring so much to the table, and like I said, it's the most important aspect. That person, the photographer, making sure we've got the right props person, making sure they kind of have that um, maybe kind of slightly off um, off balance. Um, Probably off balance is the wrong way to put it, but it's about looking beyond 
what props are, how can we make this more modern, how can we go and look at interiors photography and how can we look at, um, you know, interiors items and how can we bring those into the shoots as well. It's a really difficult thing to do, but it does make for a better image at the end of the day. I think that's such a brilliant summation of what food stylists bring to the ultimate image, Leanne. I mean, it just, you know, beautifully put. Um, what I love about the pictures that you've chosen is, you know, the wit and the thoughtfulness in them. Mm. They're very joyful pictures. And I'm just looking at the one of spam, and spam is such a sort of retro food. And I think the fact that they've used the, the, the yellow gingham cloth as well, it takes us back to that sort of nostalgic mm. 1950s kind of period where mother stirring the pot at the stove and father coming up the garden path back from work and children asking what's for supper um you know exactly there's, there's a lot of resonance in that picture there is uh, there is another one as well um caroline that i picked out from um louise hagger so moving to the um the claire um is it a aho or aho oh yes. thank you the claire aho award for women photographers um by louise hagger we've we um we work with louise hagger and this one kind of really is a real retro approach. It's more of a room set. It's very modern. Um, it's called Whole Skinny Chicken, and it just shows this um, rather kind of interesting um, uh, chicken legs poking out of a pot. So that takes you right back to, you know, 70s childhood. I mean, it's a little bit more kind of rustic looking, but you've got that whole kind of sensibility. You've got the everything about it. You've got the props. You've got the food. You've got the old batter cupboards you've got that whole room set and that's really clever in creating that you've got that kind of 70s sort of orange sort of film over the top of it that makes it look quite old like it like it's been on a wall and somebody's been smoking and you know all the kind of colors washed away from it so you know louise haggard continues to do stuff like that and she she kind of pushes the boundaries a lot for women photographers as well this is such a wonderful uh, example of storytelling in a picture because what, what exactly, you haven't mentioned yeah. uh, leanne is the two cigarettes in the ashtray and also the little bottle of vodka yeah and you know, is this, yes. is this the kind of the, the 70s mother who's absolutely sort of, you know, on the edge and just about surviving and has rammed <laughs> the chicken into the pot? You long to know what the backstory is. But just to just to share exactly. with our listeners, the Claire Arho Award for Women Photographers, this is in its very first year and it's in memory of Claire Arho, who was Finland's greatest woman photographer. And we're just we're so honoured that um, the Arho and Soldan Foundation, which is run by Claire Arho's son, uh, has partnered with us for this special award and uh, yes lovely to see such a brilliant example of work being entered into it so very yes. exciting to see who the winner is going to be on on tuesday so yes yeah, it's, it's lovely talking through the pictures with you and it, it's quite fascinating how we've we've chosen rather different pictures <laughs> and i think i think that's what always makes our conversation over the shortlisting process so dynamic and exciting so i picked out a couple and it would be fun just to talk those through with you there was one that I chose it just jumped out at me from we have a category called it's Spain Lindsay on the phone and it's for pictures taken on mobile phones and the one I pulled out is called multitasking in the train by mm. Gabriela Monera and it's a yes, shot I of a guy just sitting with his kind of rather miserable little tray of 
plastic foods and he's on the phone and there's the feet of the person who's climbing up into the couchette above his head. And I just, I love the sort of gritty reality of it. I mean, it, it's kind of, it, there's lots of greys there. It almost looks like sort of yeah. Soviet Russia, although, you know, it's a, a recent photograph because it's taken on a mobile phone. What was your response to that picture? I remember we we looked at this. Oh, it was, this was one of my categories I looked at in the shortlist. And yeah, I think we were all quite intrigued by this picture, weren't we? And even that kind of foot foot in the image, you'd normally think, oh, God, that's a bit gross. But actually, it kind of frames the picture. And it's almost like looking at a snapshot of time. And, and it just goes to show what... Um, what phones can do now it's got that wonderfully saturated look so there isn't much color which kind of adds to the sort of interest of the whole thing you know you've got the scrumpled bed in the background it looks like someone else has got a tray of something ready to be eaten it's it just all looks kind of possibly a bit chaotic but there he is on the phone about to tuck into that really interesting looking plate um tray of whatever it is and um it's just a yeah it's just a very very interesting picture so i'm i'm really glad you picked this one caroline oh thank you leanne but it's it's so the food is quite a sort of point of contrast with some of the very sumptuous food that we see it in is. the food stylist category or in the Marks and Spencer food portraiture, which is, you know, the part of the spec is that um, it's got to be food that looks good enough to eat. I'm not sure quite how delicious his little tray is going to be. <laughs> but it just shows food around the world. And that's interesting in itself, isn't it? Food packaging, oh, the way people that's consume food. Something I love about the awards is just the absolute, the, 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 the fact that it sounds so trite to say the complete variety and yet the sameness at the same yeah. time yes for We're, sure we all need to eat we are united by that need to eat and yet what that's we can, very true can either be identical because it's you know vast multinational brands or it's so utterly different <laughs> and i do love that another picture i pulled out and i found this one really poignant it's called goat for ramzan by avishek daz and that was in the winter Batham derby food for sale category and it's so poignant. It's a goat in the back of a taxi with the man who's obviously taking it to market to sell. And he's, the goat is sort of almost on the lap of this man um, who's clutching what also seems to be like a great big bunch of herbs. And you wonder if the poor old goat is going to be boiled up in a pot with those leaves. And then there's the taxi driver leaning forward, looking out at the, at the photographer. And the, yeah. They've, all three of them have got the same expression. They all look so sad, the two yeah. men and the goat. And it really, really moves me, this picture. It's very yes. poignant. Yes, yes, I agree. And, and, and the very fact that they've put this very colourful, lovely kind of bell around the goat. I know, you know, obviously, it's a revered thing, but it becomes more like a pet, doesn't it? But it's obviously not going to be for that reason. But yeah, it does make you wonder what's going to happen to the goat after they get out of this taxi or, the, or this car. It looks like a taxi Absolutely. to me. Is it a taxi? Yeah. It does. Yeah, it, it does indeed. make you wonder the fate. <laughs> yes, definitely. Actually, do you know, thinking about it, Leanne, I think I've pulled out some, quite a few rather sad pictures because there's another one that was from <laughs> um, World Food Programme Food for Life category, which shows the humanitarian side of food. And this is by, it's called yeah. Food for Needy by Sandro Maddalena. And it's a food bank in Italy. And it's yes, got the tables yeah. piled up with all the bags uh, of food ready to hand out to the recipients. And then there's three ladies. Everybody's masked. This is, you know, this is pandemic inspired need for food. And then there's, um, rather touchingly, there's an icon of 
uh, Madonna and Child up on the wall, just mm -hmm. looking down on these people who are doing what they would see as just their Christian duty, I imagine, in a Catholic yeah. country, um, handing out food to the poor. It's very simple, but there's a lovely dynamic between the women on the one side, and then there's a man with a, dare I say it, rather pronounced tummy on the right, who's just <laughs> sorting out all the bags. And uh, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this is kind of probably replicated in many countries all over the world. You know, over the last year, it's, it's a really um, of a time, of a moment image, and one that is kind of quite important to document in terms of our history as well. And it's not just a history of one country. It's a history of lots of different countries or all countries all over the world there that we're all kind of facing the same economic issues, the same food hunger problems. And also the fact that you've got these kind of people ha happy to volunteer and do what they can do and what they need to do to be able to help their country as well. Absolutely. No, you're right. But it's such a universal thing. I mean, I think there are two, two um, press images that stand out in my mind on this theme that I've seen over the last year. One was from Texas and it was people queuing in their cars for the food bank and it was cars as far as the eye could see in six lanes it was mm -hmm. extraordinary yeah. and then there was another shot that I saw that was from Glasgow over the winter and it was people queuing in the snow for the food bank and it yeah. just turned your heart over absolutely yeah absolutely and it does make us question you know from a from um just to kind of go slightly off point but still on the same theme when we do do food shoots it they can cost us quite a bit of money um so i'm always quite aware of any food wastages and what we do try and do or we encourage our food stylists to do is to is to um, any ingredients that we have left over which we inevitably do is to um, try and give them to one of the food apps or the food banks you know the olio food app or yes. um or to the food bank so that we uh, so that it doesn't go to waste um because it's never really very nice to see that happen at the end of a food shoot especially in the times that we're in and i know when we first started um you know with the with the pandemic at the beginning of the pandemic last year we we were we really struggled to get some ingredients um and you know it was often a big thing that we'd have to think about when we were commissioning food shoots because oh my god no we could, could we couldn't get any pasta we couldn't get any flour um, so we had to sort of change what we were doing or really think about what it was that we were doing and also for our readers um, give them things that they would be able to make from store cupboard ingredients as well so yeah it had a massive impact on every tiny facet of foodie life I suppose. That's really fascinating Leanne and I, I suppose that just hadn't occurred to me I'm, I'm delighted to hear that you're so careful about what happens with all the food that's just wonderful and, and well done you but I had not thought about the impact of the pandemic on you know what what went into creating a beautiful photograph in your magazine. Yeah yeah there were times when I did question it and I thought gosh should we really be doing this but we just try to we just try to find ways around it and our food editor Lisa Markwell has been has been fantastic at doing this um, she's very skilled at knowing kind of what people want and what we um, you know as a as our audience would like as well and, and trying to find ways to um, to manage the kind of shortages um, so that we can still create lovely images but without kind of all the stress around it and you know we didn't really want to start importing pasta from Italy or whatever just for a food shoot it's just ridiculous 
ridiculous so you know we just um, always have that in mind as well yes no that's that's really great to hear well I think we might be coming almost to the end of our time but just one more picture I'd just love to chat through with you um Leanne just to end on a, on a cheery note after all the sad pictures that I chose and it's it's from <laughs> our um pink lady apple a day category which is really our only sort of if you might call it art and wit category where we ask people to be you know creative and innovative and and fun and do whatever they can photographically with a pink lady apple as a nod to our wonderful headline sponsor pink lady so this one's called the gift by paul matthews and i just love this it just made me smile it's it's a woman in a sort of pink 18th century dress who feels she's quite tightly corseted and she's got an amazing high 18th century pink wig enormous false eyelashes and she's standing uh in front of a barrel which appears to be full of water and from it rather like um the hand holding Excalibur is a hand holding a pink lady apple Mm, yes it's it's, very clever it's really clever there's so much thought so much care has gone into it and uh, I just I'd love to know what you think of that with your your picture editor hat on yeah it's a it's a really interesting concept isn't it and there's a lot of skill gone into creating that that kind of imagery that's actually on the water um you know that's uh, that's a lot of work that's gone into that um and they've obviously really gone to great lengths to um, get the background right get the apples in the background so it really feels like you're kind of stepping into that moment in time there's a uh, yes yeah, like a bigger bigger production probably um although there is a lot of production that goes on shoots that you don't necessarily see this one's got more of a kind of room set to it and i think it's very clever it's a it's a very clever way to get the pink lady apple in there and it's like the temptation of eve as well it reminds me taking yes, the absolutely. apple from the no, tree I haven't thought about that yes <laughs> no you're right yeah. and the, the room set the depth to the picture that it gives is is yeah really exactly it makes you believe that that actually could be happening and that she's going to take that apple and off she goes into the sunset with her prince you kind of get that feeling from it Lovely. Thank you so much, Leanne. It's been really, oh, really wonderful to talk through food photography in general, shortlisting and a few of our pictures. I'm so grateful to you for being part of our Pink Lady Food Photographer of the Year family because we have we have a lot of fun in the shortlisting. It's It can be painful, can't it? Sometimes oh we have God. to say goodbye to images yes. which are incredible, but we just yeah. can't get them all through no uh but it you know there is fantastic imagery and i just want to also say that um there's some really lovely pictures coming from the younger age group as well i was particularly impressed with the teenage category um this year uh, i was having a little look at them yesterday and i just thought wow if this is what we've got to look forward to then um, then it's really exciting that's wonderful what a great note to end on leanne thank you so much you're welcome caroline thanks for having me and good luck to everybody on tuesday online on smart speakers and on listen again this is food fm